0: Good evening. Welcome to our substitute Vesper service that we were going to do for our New Year's Eve celebration. We'll follow the order of service. We'll we'll follow the Confession of Sin on page 120 in the hymnary. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of God, our Heavenly Father, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hand, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and salvation. O come, let us worship him. Let us kneel and bow down before him. Let us confess our sins with penitent hearts and obtain forgiveness by his infinite grace and mercy. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed the devices and desires of our hearts. We have offended against your holy law. We have done those things which we should not have done, and we have not done those things which we should have done. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Spare us and restore us, according to the promises you have declared to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. For his sake, grant that we may live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. The Almighty and merciful Lord has granted us pardon and forgiveness of all our sins, grace for true repentance and amendment of life, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our abbreviated service, we'll hear two of our readings, scripture readings for for this evening, the epistle reading and the gospel reading. Our epistle reading is taken from First Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 22. Since you have purified your souls by obeying the truth, resulting in sincere brotherly love, love one another constantly with a pure heart. For you have been born again, not from perishable seed, but from imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of a field. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. This is the word of our Lord. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 6. Jesus told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the gardener, Look, for three years now I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and have found none. Cut it down. Why even let it use up the soil? But the gardener replied to him, Sir, leave it alone this year also until I dig around it and put fertilizer on it. If it produces fruit next year, fine. But if not, then cut it down. This is the gospel of our Lord. For our sermon, we will hear from Lamentations chapter 3, starting at verse 19. Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his companions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the person who seeks him it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the lord this is the word of our lord what if have you done much what ifing in your life some people are better at it than others imagining how things are going to be without really knowing and of course what ifing can lean toward the positive or toward the negative what if someone dies and leaves me a million dollars? What if our child grows up to be successful and famous? Or how about, What if we can't survive financially and we have to declare bankruptcy? What if my son grows up to be a notorious criminal? But such what ifing really doesn't help, does it? I mean, not really. Oh sure, it might make us feel good to hope that things are going to be just wonderful all the time, or perhaps we just enjoy fretting about the future. What if? That question also reflects the fact that we live in uncertain times. Yes, there's quite a bit of uncertainty floating around in our world. Think of COVID, for example. But as Christians, we know the way things really are. We have God's assurance that this world and life are not just a huge game of chance. So this evening, we enter the new year with certainty. January 1st, 2022. What will it bring? January, the month, is actually named after the Roman god Janus. Janus had two faces on his head, one that looked back and one that looked forward. And we'll do a similar thing as we enter the new year with certainty. As we look back, we need to review and remember the past in repentance. This is exactly what Jeremiah did. He's the one that's most likely the author of this passage that we're considering from Lamentations. And as he looked back over the past, he saw the destruction of the capital city of Jerusalem. What a city that was, Jerusalem. It had been the capital city of God's people for quite some time. It was a beautiful city. It had an imposing massive wall surrounding it. And to God's people, it was the greatest city imaginable. And most importantly, and this is really what made it so great, Jerusalem was home to God's temple. This was the center of worship for God's people. It was to the temple that they came to make their sacrifices, sacrifices which which were made daily, weekly, annually. It was to the temple that God's people came to celebrate their festivals, their celebrations of what God had graciously done for them. It was to the temple that they came and were reminded of what God promised in his word, that promise of a coming savior. In fact, All of the sacrifices, all their worship, everything about the temple pointed forward to that one great day when God's Messiah would come. But all of that was a memory now. Jeremiah, along with the other exiles, was living in Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Judah, the southern kingdom, in 605 BC. And then he allowed the city and the temple to stand and a few puppet kings to reign. But not quite 20 years later, in 586 B.C., the walls came down. He destroyed the city. He destroyed the temple. And the whole place, the whole city was in ruins. The people were carried off in exile to Babylon. Now, some people might look at that situation and and wonder how God could do such a thing, how he could allow his people, his chosen people, to be carried off into exile. Didn't he care about them? But Jeremiah knew full well that what had happened had been deserved. All of this destruction, being carried off to live in a foreign land, it was God's urgent call to his people to repent. Repent of what? Well, really the same old thing. Do you remember how after God had led the people out of their slavery in Egypt, their At the foot of Mount Sinai, they're waiting for Moses to come back down the mountain with God's law. And what were they doing? Well, they had built a golden calf and they were worshiping it. And that was just the beginning, the first incident of many, when God's people chased after false gods. They'd be blessed with a good king who led them to worship the one true God. And then the next king would come and change course and lead them again into idol worship filled with immorality. And so that pattern continued, repeating itself over hundreds of years, until finally God had enough. He decided to allow his people to be conquered and carried away. And that's why Jeremiah began this text by saying, Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. He knew that they all deserved. Whatever God gave them because of their unfaithfulness, because of their sin. So as we look back over this past year, do we do so in repentance? We might be inclined to think that God has been judging the people of our world. Again, COVID is probably number one on that list. Not just the sickness and the death, but all the issues, the problems associated with it. And then you have all of the, the, the shootings and an increased murder rate in many cities across our country. All the protests that spring up whenever a jury announces a verdict that isn't that popular. Natural disasters like tornadoes in December. And these are just considering our country. Looking at these and all the other numerous disasters, we might be inclined to say that, that God is punishing those who were affected. But is he? Jesus talked about all of these such things in, in Matthew 24. He said, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. And in that context, in that chapter, Jesus says that all of these things, they're not signs of God's judgment, but they're signs that the end is near. They're a wake up call for everyone. And then think about closer to home. Maybe in this past year we lost someone close to us. Maybe it was a situation where we prayed and prayed that it wouldn't happen and then the person left us anyway. Was God rejecting our prayers in order to judge us? Or maybe we've had all sorts of struggles in our relationships, struggles which seem to get worse instead of better, even though, again, we prayed and prayed. Was God telling us that he no longer cares for us? And yet we know we have done things for which we should be judged by God and therefore we need to repent for all the times that that we've rebelled against God and chased after gods of our own making. All the times we allowed something other than God and his word to occupy first place in our lives. All the times that we haven't loved our spouses and children and neighbors as we ought by putting their needs ahead of our own. All the times that we've been mad and angry and hateful at whomever for whatever. Starts to be a pretty long list, doesn't it? After such reflection, we might be inclined to think that the only thing of which we can be certain is that we are awful people. We deserve God's wrath against us because of our sins. But the message for this new year doesn't stop there. Jeremiah continued, Therefore I have hope. What caused him to have that hope? Can we have that hope? Yes, we can. And yes, we do. That's why we approach this new year with confidence. What is it that Jeremiah saw when he looked ahead? He saw the Lord's loving kindness. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, he said. Indeed, Jeremiah recalled how the Lord had dealt with his people throughout their history that even as he allowed them to suffer all sorts of difficult situations, he always loved them. He never stopped caring for them. He continued to promise them a Savior, a Messiah, who would come and provide the final an ultimate rescue, the rescue from sin, from death. This God, the one true God, our God, was always faithful. He never gave up on his people, no matter how many times they gave up on him. Great is your faithfulness, Jeremiah said. And how true that was. Who is it that had brought his people out of bondage in Egypt to the promised land? who had established them as a powerful nation among all the other nations, who guided them with his prophets and kings, trying to keep them faithful, who established a covenant with them, that he was their God and they were his people. God and God alone is the answer. God had never let his people down. He wasn't about to let them down after they were carried off into exile. It was only several several years later Some of the people were allowed to return to Jerusalem and start rebuilding, especially rebuilding the temple. And then it was only a few hundred years later that the most important promise would be fulfilled, the promise of a Savior. So as we look forward into this new year, what do we see? Do we share that optimism of Jeremiah? Well, we have every reason to. The Lord's loving kindness, His never failing, steadfast, rock-solid love is still shown to and showered upon us. Think about what we celebrated this past weekend. The birth of our Savior. Now, did you catch that? That Jesus is your Savior? Because of all of your sins, because of all the times you turned your back on God and do as you please, You were headed down the path for hell. But God didn't want that to happen. He didn't want you to continue on that path. So he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to live for you. And he kept every single one of God's laws because you can't. He sent Jesus to die for you. And Jesus went to the cross and he took the punishment that you deserve because of your sins. He sent Jesus to rise from the dead for you so that he could guarantee that you also would rise from the dead on the last day. None of that, none of that has changed this past year. None of that will change in the year to come. Yes, God is faithful. As you trust in what Jesus has done for you, you have eternal life. You have eternal life right now. And you will be in heaven someday. Yes, God is faithful. He's definitely in control, even in the midst of what we would call chaos. No matter what happens at midnight tonight, midnight tomorrow, the day after, God is faithful. And that's why we're certain as we enter this new year. When it comes to how God is going to treat us this year, we don't have to play the what-if game. We know that whatever happens, God's word is true. We know that whatever happens, God's love for us remains constant. Having that confidence, that certainty, even in the midst of what seemed to us to be uncertain times, we exclaim boldly, The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I have hope in him. Amen the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We close beginning with the collect. Abide with us, Lord, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Abide with us and with your whole church. Abide with us in the end of the day, in the end of our life, and in the end of the world. Abide with us with your grace and goodness, with your holy word and sacrament, with your strength and blessing. Abide with us when the night of affliction and temptation comes upon us, in the night of fear and despair when death shall come. Abide with us and with all the faithful through time and eternity. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God.